Yo, BJ Gador with the BJ Gador podcast, and today's episode is called Project Strong Limb. This is dedicated to a young man that uh, recently injured his knee, tore up his knee pretty bad wrestling, ACL, MCL, meniscus, and his name is Ian Palin. This is a gentleman that I was actually able to, at one point in time, coach, believe it or not. Uncle Baby Biscuits was a youth football coach uh, for 7th and 8th graders. And, you know, at the time, coaching him, and he's uh, he's the brother of one of my uh, longtime friends, um, and he was real tiny, but out of all the kids we had on the team, every fucking play, this guy hit as hard as he possibly could. And now he's he's a beast. Like, he's a big dude. Got to be about 6'3", 6'4", uh, 230, 235 or, or bigger. So he became uh, you know, quite, a, quite a man, if you will. A grown-ass man. But um, even at the age of 13, 14, he just had that mentality. you know. And mentality is everything. So obviously, he's been pretty depressed. Anytime you get an injury like this, you know, uh, this type of injury is, you know, this is the long 6 to 12 month rehabilitation process and in some cases you might not feel like yourself uh, for a couple years you know because there's not just the physical rehabilitation it's the mental piece you do able to trust your body after such an injury and um, it's different when you are not like in high school and or college when it can be more of your focus like when you actually have a day job you have to go to that creates extra demands and stressors that can you know make the recovery process more arduous so Ian, this is dedicated to you, but you know what's crazy about this? Uh, It's an inspiration to share some knowledge about how you or anyone you know who injures a particular area of the body, an arm or a leg, how can they make the most out of this? Not just in terms of the rehabilitation, but it could be a possible way to get the biggest gains of your life. And this might sound like bullshit to you, but it's not. It is not. According to new research published in the Scandinavian Journal of Medicine and Science and Sports, if you're dealing with an injury that leaves one limb immobilized in a cast or boot, training the opposite limb while you recover could help you maintain muscle mass for both. It's been reported that the extent of the cross-transfer effect is approximately 30-50% to of the trained uninjured muscle, according to Nosaka, who was the uh, study author there. So there's a greater uh, so there's a greater the increase in the muscle strength of the untrained injured limb. While the exact reason for this cross transfer effect or strength isn't fully known, the central nervous system probably plays a role. And uh, you know, ultimately, unilateral resistance training may activate neural circuits that modify the efficiency of motor pathways to the opposite limb. So essentially, again, this is this is where. You know, people will lose it, you know, whether there's uh, people start and they stop, whether it's an injury or they go really hard on something and they can't maintain it. There's no ability to take that dimmer switch and adjust it. Right. It's a stop or start effect. And that's unacceptable in and out of the gym, by the way. So. There's research supporting this, and I've seen it in my own rehabilitation with other people as well. The big takeaway there is if you injure your left arm. The stronger you can get your right arm, the better you can rehabilitate the left arm. 
And the same thing applies to your legs. So th- this is, um, it's great that there's research that shows this and it, it just seems to be a neurological effect. So what I'm going to share with you today is the Project Strong Limb mission. I'm going to talk about some essential recovery tools you want to invest in right away, budget permitting, obviously, but these are not only tools that help you with rehabilitation, but they become ongoing recovery drills when you're healthy. So uh, we can get the most results here and get you out of kind of a depressive state because especially if like fitness and movement and sport and exercise is important to you, these are dark times. The first 24 hours after an injury like this, uh, people really, uh, they go dark. And without a mission to focus on, all you think about is the pain, what you're losing, what you're missing out on. So you've got to immediately, immediately, and, and I told him, you know, that first weekend or the first couple of days, eat 25,000 calories. <laughs> I'm saying like, just enjoy, enjoy as much food and, and watch as much Netflix as you can. And then that Monday, the first Monday, take some before pictures of the limb in question or both limbs the whole body, and begin the transformation. Because it's time now to stop fucking around and get to work. And he's going to do that. Because again, like I told you, this kid was already like that at 13. So you grow into a big body like that, and now it's just a matter of time. He shared today, this morning, this uh, insane high-volume arms routine that, you know, I would have done maybe 20 years ago. Today, at this tender age of 41, I would maybe do just like a couple sets or maybe some pull work. But um, he's getting after it, right? His leg is hurt. He's training his upper body. But I'm going to share specific stuff to help you as well. Take, take advantage of this cross-transfer effect from strong limb to injured, weaker limb and, uh, and get to work as well. And by the way, this, this could also apply for a weak limb. I've talked about this plenty of times. When you have a weak side, you do at least two to three times the frequency and sets or volume on that side to bring that up. And in fact, all you need is a single set on a strong side to maintain the strength so that you can push more energy and effort to fixing that imbalance. And you could say, well, you know, why is that so important? You know, I'm not, I don't want to be a perfectionist, but uh, particularly when we're talking about your lower body, any imbalances in strength and mobility or size, muscular size between those limbs will affect you in a major way because of gait, walking, running, squatting. So, uh, you know, and that can open up a world of pain. So five key things here about the Project Strong Limb mission. Number one, growth mindset. Turn a negative into a positive. Number two, focus on what you can do, not what you can't. Number three, focus the extra resources and energy on the uninjured limb. Number four, minimize the atrophy or muscle loss and maintain the range of motion of the injured limb. And number five, become a more resilient human being in and out of the gym. Every injury I've had has made me a more resilient, mentally tough person. It also tends to expose some physical weaknesses that I can fix so this doesn't happen again. So that is the mindset. It's okay to be depressed about this the first 
24 to 72 hours. I'll even give you a week to bitch and moan and cry about it. But at some point, you have to, you have to flip the script. You've got to get to work and you've got to move on with your life. And by the way, this is just going to make you hardened to future life challenges, circumstances, stressors. So you know what? Congrats on what is now a unique opportunity because the greater the challenge, the greater the reward. Okay? Now, what you got to do is you got to consider investing in the following recovery tools. Number one, the Power Dot from Therabody, a muscle stim device. It's Bluetooth, uh, wireless, operated through a phone app. I use this. I- I'm creating this uh, with a lot of TLC and heart and soul. It's, it's two decades in the making, a new knees program. Many of you know that I've had a history of knee injuries and pain. Two surgeries on each knee by the time I was 22. Um, was told that I had the knees of an 80-year-old at 21, 22, uh, at the time, I couldn't even do a bodyweight lunge. I was in such pain and had such, uh, you know, really, I just, it was, it was a tough situation. And, you know, uh, arthritis, already had kind of arthritic conditions and uh, in both knees. And I've done such, I mean, I've been on such a quest to, well, first of all, they've never been better. In some ways, I'm still tweaking and working out um, some of the patellar instability I have from what was likely a botched surgery on the first, uh, on the left knee. The first surgery I had, like it was, I think, 98. Uh, it was a, a meniscal tear, but that I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get uh, operated on it for about, you know, 16 months until after the injury. So I was dealing with a lot of loose bodies in there, joint locking. And uh, there's just some, the, the patella, the kneecap it, it moves a bit, more than you want. And, um, there also is, I think a little more arthritis in that knee, but again, I'm doing the work and I'm seeing the improvements. I'm healing the joint. It takes time, especially at the age of 41 now, but I have so much knowledge and I'm just so diligent about it and I'm attacking it. Like you want to attack any of these types of things. You can't be passive about an injury. You've got to take the bull by the horns and you got to fuck the injury in the face. I don't know how else to describe it. This is the mindset that I have to take, uh, that you have to take with this type of stuff, okay? But I've been doing a ton of this muscle stim, these electrodes you put on, by the way, any body part this can be used for, but uh, when you're dealing with knee injuries, uh, which is specific to what I'm dealing with, and I've dealt with all injuries, but that's this is like, I guess my Achilles heel uh, has historically been my knees. So that's where I direct most of my focus, and Ian obviously just tore up his knee. So uh, one of the most... Dangerous aspects of that is uh, for the injured limb, you're going to be dealing with a lot of swelling in the joint, which shuts down your quad muscles, particularly the vastus medialis oblique, the VMO muscle, the teardrop muscle that is very important for knee health and stability. So what this can do is it can actually help you maintain muscle strength and size through the electric stim without having to worry about overly, uh, now you do for some of these, uh, by the way, there's like massage settings, there's active recovery settings. There's, there's the ability to train specific qualities like power, explosive power, explosive strength, uh, muscle endurance, overall resistance. And you do want to do it with, uh, the knees bent at 90 degrees in a seated position for some of these like true performance protocols. There's other drills you can do them with your legs straight, or, or you can even walk around in some cases. So, you might not have the ability based on if you're in a brace 
um, indoor. The leg has to remain more straight at this point to do all the routines, but you can at least stimulate and uh, prevent the tissue from getting so tight. Uh, these really high, um, like I actually loved even the, just the massage setting alone. Uh, you can go real high intensity on there. It just breaks up uh, that tissue. So we're preventing you know, uh, the excessive buildup of scar tissue and just tightness in the muscles. That's going to result in stiffness and, and joint pain. Uh, once you start getting back into, you know, regular exercise. So I can't recommend that highly enough. It's only a couple hundred bucks. This stuff used to only be accessible in physical therapy settings or through a doctor for, you know, and if you would get them, it'd be thousands of dollars, but these are, this is a portable device. I use it while watching TV or pre-workout post-workout. Um, you're going to want to get this. And again, this can be applied to, uh, all, other bo- all, all your body parts, but I'm talking about, you know, specifically uh, for the knees in this case. You need heating pads. Heat is going to be critical in your rehabilitation process. What does heat do? It brings blood, and blood is very, uh, very important for joints because they have a limited blood supply in general. And it also will help loosen up stiff tissue, help you get more range of motion, and ease pain. In fact, uh, I, I, I actually wear... For my left knee, I'll wear, um, and, and by the way, the best results with this, you go cheap route, you go heating pads. And there's heating pads for all types of body parts, etc. But I, I have the Venom knee from Hyperice. And it's a, it's a brace you can put on, and it provides both vibration and heat. And I'll be doing, uh, a lot of times, my single leg exercises with that on. Because it just keeps it warm, and the vibration also helps uh, breaking up, uh, in my opinion, scar tissue and just uh, overall helping with range of motion. So uh, I'll, I'll actually use it while I'm training, but you can also put it on before training and you can put it on later in the day uh, if it's, it stiffens up on you. So it's an investment, but it's an investment worth having, in my opinion, especially because you can take it with you and you can put it on and do other things. Ice packs or the hyper ice, you know, the whole company was built on, you know, you'll see a lot of athletes post uh, competition game, they'll put on uh, plastic wraps with big ice packs on their knees, for example, um, to help with inflammation and recovery. And uh, what this is basically, it's a, there's an ice shell that you can fill up with, with ideally crushed ice. Then you put it, you secure it within a brace and you can wrap the brace around your leg and it just, it's reusable and it's, it's uh, actually has an air release valve. So you can push out all the extra air. So the ice compresses all over uh, the, the joint. And, and again, you can get this for different, you know, there's, there's shoulder, there's knee, different things. You can check out the website, but, um, you could also just go traditional ice packs. They tend to leak and drip a bit. Um, and there's plastic involved and stuff like that, whatever saran wrap. But, um, you know, there, there's been people in recent times to say that, you know, icing is actually so is not good for you or there's no resource to support it, uh, because it blunts the inflammatory response, which is part of the healing process. Now, look, I, I am. I know I started the <laughs> the episode citing a study, but I am a I'm a practitioner. All right, I go in the trenches. I'm a real world real world guy. I take my experience and what I have done with myself and others, and and that's what guides me the most. I, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not a scientist. What do you want? I'm not. What, what can I say? Okay, I pay attention to what's going on in my space, but I ultimately know that you know I don't need a geek or a nerd to tell me what I know from my practice in the gym. Uh, over all these years. And I know a lot of other people that are like me in this space that I can pick their brains and they share their experiences. And I also have to look at, um, you know, LeBron James, here's an example, right? One of the the men who has found 
the most longevity in sport. He's about to enter season 21 here. Broke the all-time scoring record this past season. And since he was in high school, even though he didn't have knee pain, every post-game or competition or practice, he ices both knees. Okay, now you could say, well, that's that's uh, you know, that's a single person or case study. But again, a lot of this too is uh, experience. And what I will tell you is, inflammation is the biggest concern here. Uh, immediately and long term, you got you got to reduce it. And again, elevation helps, compression helps. I'll get to that as well. But um, you know, it helps with pain management and. Anytime I'm not using ice, especially when I'm pushing a joint, because the thing is, you're going to have to start in the rehabilitation process once you get cleared by your doc. You're going to have to start uh, pushing it outside of its comfort zone, and that's going to create swelling. Swelling happens in uninjured uninjured joints post exercise, you know, because a lot of fluid builds up in the area, some edema. So, um, it, and it's especially going to happen when you're dealing with, uh, you know, surgical incisions, uh, possible scar tissue and just overall healing of the joints. And a lot of it is about how you approach using hot and cold. You know, the general rule of thumb is you want to heat uh, before and during exercise or maybe right away the next morning when you tend to be the most stiff. And then you want to ice post-exercise or, you know, potentially multiple times throughout the day if you're dealing with, you know, uh, an intensive bout of, of local inflammation. But you can also use contrast therapy, which, by the way, is proven through research to be one of the most effective weapons for healing tissues, especially joints. And in that case, what that could mean is, you know, bouncing between hot and cold every three to five minutes for, let's say, 20 to 40 minutes. Even two minutes is probably a minimum of, of each. So um, th- that's why it's like when someone says you, you, ice is, is a bad idea, I just, I laugh because it's like, it goes against everything we know. And, and, essentially, and there are studies showing that contrast therapy is super effective and that, that requires the use of ice. We also know that, you know, whether it be cryotherapy or, um, you know, overall cold tubs and plunges are a rage as well. So it's like, well, isn't that the same thing? Again, that's why it's like sometimes you got to throw out all the bullshit there and ju- just go with what works. The one thing to note is just don't ice beyond 20 minutes at a time because you don't want to risk, um, you know, possible tissue damage or, you know, falling asleep with it on and stuff like that. But, 20 minutes of ice on, on an injured area. Or, or by the way, like my right, my right knee is like perfect right now. Like about as perfect as it's going to get. And um, like I'm doing things with it that, I, that I've never done before. And now the muscle mass on both sides is finally catching up. It's funny. I've got less stability in my left knee. and uh, But bigger quad development on that side. And I've got more stability in my right knee. But less quad development. In particular VMO on the right side. So... Uh, you know, but I will still ice my right knee because I'm pushing that in a way to help catch up. So again, I'm just trying to prevent excessive inflammation in the joint because I, in my experience, that allows the muscles to activate fully and it speeds healing and it makes me feel good and it keeps me out of pain. So, uh, you know, I just, I, I mentioned that, but uh, again, you're going to want to use both. This is expensive, but if there's been one thing I've added to my overall recovery arsenal that has been like a true, true, true game changer, it's been the Normatec compression massage, air compression. And I have the arms, the legs, and the hips. The legs are, are the most important investment to make because of the fact that, you know, uh, especially as you get older, 
you know, uh, you get you just chronic heavy stiff legs. But when I have these on, especially extended periods of sitting watching TV, I get up and I feel like I've been moving. Like I feel like I have fresh young legs, and uh, you know, it's it just it's and now it's just a part of my life. Um, but the arms are also excellent, and compression is incredibly important. It, basically, this is, this is a massage. All right, so yeah, it's it's an investment of you got to get the uh, the device, the air operating component that plugs in uh, and then has some battery life to it as well. And then you have to get separately the legs and the arms um, and the hips, et cetera. Uh, so obviously you can just start with one or the other. So there's an initial upfront investment, but it does function like like I get daily massage and I can target my my hips, my legs and or my arms. Sometimes I'll do all of them. But it's like a heavy recovery day or if I'm doing some binging some uh, TV or whatever else. And uh, I, I swear by it. And this will help with inflammation. It will help keep the muscles supple. Um, it gives you the blood flow. Um, and again, it help a lot with inflammation and edema, especially in your lower body. And they even have, which I have, and I've worn it on flights. I've worn it on uh, car drives, car drives, uh, you know, longer car trips. They have uh, Normatec Go, which is uh, you put them on your calves because the calves are considered the second heart. When you, by, simply by pumping your calf muscles, you can circulate blood throughout your whole body. So that, you know, that's really helpful, um, you know, when traveling or seated for extended periods of time, um, I would wear it during the podcast if it didn't make such a sound, uh, it's not a crazy sound, but it's enough that might be, you know, and maybe I will, I've worn it on some episodes before, but, um, you know, that's another option in terms of that. Um, cause traveling on an injured swollen limb is a nightmare. The other thing I'll say voodoo floss bands, this actually will help with, it gives you compression on an, on a muscle or a joint. Uh, in particular for areas like the, you know, ankle, uh, knee and elbow, uh, it can help with flexion gapping, meaning it can help you get more, uh, flexion range of motion in a joint, especially important after surgery. And, uh, these are really, these are like six to 10 bucks. I think you get them on Amazon and, um, you know, there's videos all over the internet on how to use these. The guy that uses them the best is Dr. Kelly Surrett, uh, mobility legend, uh, he has the ready state now it used to be called mobility wad. And he has the, one of the true all time fitness books, wellness books, uh, how to become a supple leopard, which shows you how to use those. And, and you just want to get that book in general. There's a joint by joint muscle by muscle approach, uh, throughout the other piece too, is supplements. You know, there's been some varied research on the effects of collagen for joint health or, uh, uh, overall, um, you know, anti-inflammation or just helping to heal arthritic conditions, stuff like that, or bone broth, which has collagen in it. Um, so you can go collagen supplementation, you can go bone broth. One thing that they have found is that, um, collagen absorption is maximized, uh, with, with vitamin C. So, you know, you could throw that collagen into, um, a shake with, um, fruits that have high amounts of vitamin C, things like, uh, berries, uh, or you could have a, or a cup of orange juice. I love the pulp on that. Mix with your collagen to help uh, get a big shot of vitamin C, which is critical, by the way, for uh, vitamin C is, is your anti-inflammatory vitamin. So um, I still, t- I, every day I drink at least one cup of orange juice, which gives me a full 100% shot of vitamin C. And I also try to have a, you know, pineapple high in vitamin C. Um, you want to add some, a lot of pineapple to your diet. N- not in excess, but... Um, you know, a cup of pineapple a day is excellent. 
uh, also a cup of cherries. And I'd also recommend considering tart cherry extract. I actually throw that into every night. I have like this, uh, I love the Oikos triple zero yogurts. Cherry is my, my go-to flavor on that. And uh, it's just, it's all protein. And uh, I put my organic uh, frozen cherry mix in there, a little whipped cream, and then I'll drizzle tart cherry extract, um, which is delicious on that on that thing. And uh, very good for anti-inflammation, loaded with antioxidants. One of the most antioxidant-rich uh, sources you can find for your diet. And antioxidants are critical for lots of things, right? Just dealing with overall recovery, um, also anti-inflammation, but it has cancer-fighting properties, anti-aging properties, you name it. You also want to make sure you get enough omega-3s because that's, again, that's another anti-inflammatory, uh, very important for joint health. And there's been mixed stuff on fish oil. Uh, my recommendation is if you're not going to be eating a lot of uh, like omega-3 eggs or um, a lot of good you know, cold water, fatty fish in your diet, and I throw this in my shake every day. Uh, my two go-to sources for omega-3s because they have additional fiber are hemp or, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, chia, hemp, or flax seeds. Um, and you can just throw it in your shake. And again, additional fiber is incredibly important for overall health, digestive health. So, uh, you know, those are the, the, the focuses from a supplement standpoint. From a diet standpoint, it's got to be individualized in some senses, but, you know, Typically with an injury, especially a leg injury, your overall activity level is going to go down. And even if you're still doing a lot of upper body stuff earlier in the, the phase of your rehabilitation, uh, those are smaller muscles compared to your lower body and you can't get your cardio uh, up or, to an, or as an extended uh, activity bout in a way that you can when you're using your legs, right? So, um, and one of the worst things that can happen when you're rehabilitating, and this happened to me in the past because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have the knowledge and no one really told me what to do and I... There wasn't a podcast like this to help uh, give me a blueprint. So, uh, you know, again, that's that's what it's about. You pass it on. But, um, you know, I, I, I did uh, did not account for it as a first injury, like teens and early 20s, like the fact that my activity level is going down. And I would and also like, you know, I was comfort eating because I was depressed. And then you you can gain 15 to 20 plus pounds and particularly for your lower body, that's not good. Like that, So you're starting your rehabilitation with a weight vest. And, and that's, that's going to be a situation where you'll, you'll, not, you'll, you'll definitely feel losses in true relative strength, how, how strong you are for your per pound of body weight, and you'll be stiffer and you'll have more pain in your rehabilitation. So if anything, the goal should be maintenance mode, body-wise, or even possibly shred mode. Uh, and, and by doing so, I would just limit your starchy and junk carbs. You know, limit them to maybe uh, once or twice a week if you can, uh, especially if your act, overall activity level is going down because uh, the extra body weight gain is just going to make it more difficult for you to rehab, uh, you know, long term. Also, your conditioning is going to be affected too. So um, I'm not saying, you know, go low carb or keto. It's just if you've been consistently eating, let's say, uh, 400 grams of carbs a day, that's a lot. But some people are also very active and or they have a, a higher, you know, maybe they have a higher carb tolerance or they're younger. I would cut that in half minimum. And if anything, I think, you know, 50 to 100 grams of carbohydrate a day, that's impacting anything that isn't a vegetable, right? Um, like potatoes, fine. A, a potato, a couple, a couple servings of potatoes every day is fine. I'd limit your, your starchy carbs to potato, uh, maybe some bean legume if that fits, fits in your diet. But uh, I would hold off on anything else. You know, the rices, the pastas, the noodles, um, save that for like a, a, a cheat meal or reward day or something like that. 
uh, and just eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. Again, that's going to help with the inflammation. That's going to help with um, just nutrient density in your diet. And you don't want to get you don't want to get fat while you're rehabbing. I'm just telling you right now. So that's like the overall like recovery tools or approach. Uh, whether you injure your arm or your leg, let's talk specific project strong leg. So first thing we have to do is again, like I talked about, you got to focus on inflammation management, the tissue quality, meaning um, whatever stretches and or massaging you can do to the muscles above and below the injured joint. Um, and if you're if you injured a muscle, you know. That that is uh, obviously muscle injuries. Oh, there's some pretty bad muscle injuries. You tear a hip flexor or a hamstring, for example, an adductor. Those are those suck. Um, strain any, any muscle tear is terrible. A strain is obviously it's not as big of a rehab as say a Achilles rupture or a uh, you know as Ian did. You know he tore up multiple ligaments um, in his knee and also the meniscus, which you know that 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 is so. Uh, problematic in the sense that when not properly rehabilitated, it opens up the door to a lot of cartilage damage and then eventually arthritis. And arthritis is what fast tracks people to joint replacements and ending in a wheelchair. So we want to really do what we can to get ahead of that. Um, And then, you know, obviously, again, this is where you have to work with your physical therapist and or uh, orthopedic uh, doctor or surgeon in terms of what you can and can't do for the injured limb. But um, what, what any one will tell you worth their worth worth their you know whatever is that it is those three things we got it we got to get the inflammation out and down we got to squeeze that inflammation so the so the joint can can move again and and the muscles can activate properly and we got to make sure that the the muscles above and below don't get too weak or tight and we're just trying to work on regaining range of motion and you got to do that without um you know pushing especially when there's uh incisions you don't want to stretch or uh overly, you know, work that beyond, uh, what's, what's recommended or or the point of like opening up those incisions or creating uh, bleeding and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's number one, you got to follow that protocol, but, um, as soon as you can get in the pool, okay. As soon as you can get in the pool, you got to get in the pool because it's not just that you can do almost anything in the pool, especially if you get closer to like, uh, you know, water at shoulder level. And the goal would be doing a lot of like your lower body rehabilitation drills, progressing the depth, right? So if it's at shoulder level, uh, there's only like 10% of your body weight involved. So a 200 pound person is only dealing with about 20 pounds of resistance, uh, at the top of the exercise. Um, and obviously if you go to waist level now, now it's, let's say, um, you know, 50% of your body weight. And then if you go down to like knee level, um, or just above the knee, you know, um, now you're using almost all of your body weight, but it's also that anti-inflammatory compression the water provides. It's healing just by being in the water, you're healing the joint and you're helping with inflammation. And it also provides, uh, support to the joint. So, um, beyond the fact that you can do anything in the water on the uninjured leg, this gives you a real start to doing both unilateral and bilateral lower body exercises, uh, both open and closed chain. You know, and, and that's uh, I, I've shared a bunch of videos like this. Um, there, there's they're on my YouTube channel again within the, the TDBJ app. I've, I'm, I'm going to be adding a full database of hydrotherapy exercises, but um, I'm a big fan of cycling and leg extension flexions in the water because again, uh, feet on floor in the pool is closed chain which is important, 
But open chain is also important because that that's going to really help you know round out the train. Open chain means uh, like a leg extension uh, or leg curl, right? The, the the limb is moving in free space. The the foot is not fixed on the ground. That that's what closed chain is, like a squat, a split squat, a single leg squat. So um, you need both. And, and and when I where I am weakest, by the way, when when it comes to my knees is open chain. Like when I first got into the pool, and I can you know I can do advanced lower body exercises, pistol squats and stuff like that. Uh, I've lunged for an hour through training, but I was getting like, I was getting knee pain by flutter kicking in the water. I was like, holy shit, I'm on my left knee because of my, of the patellar issue and and the, uh, the arthritis indoor instability in that joint, but it's been getting a lot better. And what the, again, like I talked about in past episodes, my, my, uh, episode I did on pool training, uh, earlier this summer, the time of recording this episode, um, if you feel clicks and stuff in your joints, like swimming with the arms and legs around the shoulder, the hip, the knee, the elbow, um, you know, those are warning signs. Like those are the start of like, it's initially just considered crepitus, which is, you know, the clicking and cracking, but it's also likely early stage arthritis. And you want to get ahead of that. And with regular water exercise, uh, and by the way, it doesn't have to be like only water, but like you could warm up or you could cool down in the pool, um, mix land and sea. I'm a big fan of that. Um, obviously if you have pool access at home, it makes it easier, but, um, you know, it like, I've known like a lot of those clicks and cracks, they're going away and, uh, not just in the water, but on land. So it's a real opportunity to heal. It's a real opportunity to heal and, and uh, it'll help a ton. You can do all upper body training that doesn't require the use of the injured leg. So anything seated, lying, uh, balancing on one leg, um, and in some cases too, even if you've torn up um, you know, your knee and once you have the brace on, you can do some standing stuff, but obviously you have to, it's, it's case by case, but you can still do all your upper body work, right? And this is again where like, you know, I mentioned in the past, uh, you know, People have, uh, and shout out to a friend of the show, Malcolm Boone. We we talked about this when they were guests on the show. And he uh, was in a terrible car accident uh, a few years back and uh, broke his collarbone and had, you know, just, he just could not use his upper body for a couple months. But he took on my one-hour lunge challenge, starting with like five to ten minutes and then slowly built up over time and just built incredible wheels of steel by the end of it. Now, on the other side of it, too, this might be a great time for you to get really good at pull-ups and push-ups. Pull-ups in particular, or, or dips, right? Because the push-ups, in some cases, like you do have to, obviously, you're balancing on your toes. Um, but you, you could most likely still do push-ups. But uh, moves like dips and pull-ups, which are actually you know more challenging than uh, drills like inverted rows and push-ups because you're using more of your body weight. And the, the joints are at more extreme joint angles, um, you know, they don't, they don't require really any of the use of your legs. Uh, now, if the leg is in a brace and it has to be straight, uh, you'd have to use a higher, uh, higher dip or parallel bars or a pull-up bar that is high enough that your legs can fully hang out in front of you and you have a nice, easy way to step off with your non-injured leg off of a bench or step uh, coming down so you're not jumping down off of it. But again, you'll find a way to make it work. Use, use your brain, okay? Um, but this is, this is a great opportunity to get really good at those exercises and build some incredible upper body strength. Now, the one thing I'll say, and this goes to the whole body weight example, you don't want to be upper body heavy. I know it's like, it's a, it's, it's the classic superhero look, but, um, 
if you're adding too much bulk to your upper body during this phase, being top-heavy throws off your center of gravity, and it makes you more likely to be falling, um, running, sprinting, or especially doing combat sports. This did happen to me. Um, I, I was so top-heavy my senior year in college, and I, I just I, I, I didn't spend enough time on my feet while playing. I, 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 had, I fell a lot because um, AI was still dealing with injuries um, in both knees at the time, um, but uh, I just got too top-heavy. And uh, that makes it so not only that you get off balance, but um, it puts a lot of extra pressure through your lower body joints. So again, you know, is, and a lot of that too, by the way, is as long as you're not being uh, an idiot with your diet, you know, um, you'll, you'll, you'll be gaining functional muscle mass in your upper body. Uh, but you don't want to get to the point where the arms and, and upper body are getting so big that um, it's going to throw off your athleticism. So that, that's an important note um, there. And uh, again, you can also do all single leg drills. Now, the one thing about this is you might not be able to do things like lunges or split squats uh, because it still involves like the, the use of the other leg. So things like step-ups, what I love about step-ups is that uh, obviously step-ups and single leg box squats, especially when you're using an aerobic step with adjustable risers or if you have an adjustable bench or plyo box, um, you can adjust up or down as needed to... Um, you know, make it work. And the other leg is just off to the side. You can do single leg squats with the leg on the front of your body off to the side. Uh, be, uh, behind you is more of a step up pattern. And again, you can adjust the height of the box as needed to make it work. Um, and, and even with all those drills too, you can use self-assistance off of a pole, a power rack, within the frame of a door, uh, holding a TRX or gymnastics rings. You can get creative with it, but you know, um, the way I look at it is if you, if you've never been able to do a pistol squat, that, that, that would be a great challenge over the course of, let's say a year of rehabilitation. Um, do whatever you can to do a pistol squat, take on that, that challenge of doing a pistol squat on the uninjured leg. And, and again, as I told Ian, uh, you know, it's like the other legs just going to have to catch up. That's a good problem to have. And we know through the studies we talked about the cross training effect or transfer effect that leg now has the blueprint from the other leg uh, of what to go to. So, you know, um, you know, and by the way, too, uh, a big part of the dangers of any sort of, uh, especially single leg injuries, is that uh, if the other leg is not pushed uh, strategically during the rehabilitation process and you return to uh, your sport, you know, it's not just the fear about the, the leg you're rehabilitating being in pain or developing like, uh, overuse injuries like tendonitis. Um, it's that the other leg will, if it will take up so much of the burden that it will develop, uh, you know, acute or chronic injuries uh, like tendonitis uh, because it, it's it's taking too much of the load. It's taking too much of that burden because the uninjured leg, the injured leg is a rehabilitated leg is still so far off. But um, step ups, uh, single legged box squats or chair squats, self assisted pistol squats. And, and you know, I'm I'm down with machines as long as you're you're using them appropriately and not overloading them and, and going to the full stack and you're focusing on range of motion and time of retention and contraction and stretch. Uh, leg extension, leg curl machines, or you can even do them with sliders. Um, the uh, leg curl, the sliding leg curl is the best hamstring drill out there, man, because it's working both functions: hip extension of the high hamstrings and knee flexion of the low hamstrings. Um, and you also can do single leg leg presses 
in a variety of formats as well. Uh, <clears throat> single leg hip hinges. Uh, you know, and by the way, again, you have to go through your doctor and stuff like that. But once you've been cleared too, um, drills like uh, or single leg hip thrusts, you can also do too. You, again, you just have to figure out what you're going to do with the other leg. You put it off to the side. You can elevate it on the side. Um, depending on how, how straight it has to be or how much you can bend it. But um, these are all drills that you can you can do on the good the uninjured side and then eventually start to work in um, with a knee injury. Um, you know, glute, ham, hip dominant drills tend to be the biggest starting point uh, or of great importance too, uh, but they tend to not create as much knee stress as, you know, more squatting style drills anyway. But um, th- that's that. Now, you know, it's so funny too. Um, every week I get someone to say like how much they love this YouTube video that I made like six years ago. It's called the top nine upper body cardio exercises. And um, I made it for people that are dealing with lower body injury. Because uh, the thing is, if you can't use your, use your legs, it, it is much harder to train your cardio. It's not just because of how metabolically active and how much oxygen demand uh, those muscles have. They're, they're furthest from your heart, which requires uh, the greatest amount of um, circulation, energy, um, and cardiac output. So um, you want to definitely check out that video on YouTube, the top nine upper body cardio exercises, youtube.com slash BJ It's a free video. Uh, some sample ideas are, you know, seated battle ropes, either on a chair or on the floor, an arms only fan or airdyne bike. Um, so you can really push that. Upper body ergs are also, I see them available at most commercial gyms. You can also do seated heavy bag work. Um, if the heavy bag goes all the way to the ground, you can actually sit on the floor. If not, you can actually sit on a chair or a bench and you can, you can punch a heavy bag. Again, um, it might look a little bit strange, but, uh, you know, it, it still allows you to maintain your conditioning as you kind of move into it. So that's the kind of the project strong leg piece, the project strong arm, same concepts, um, initially, right. Focus on inflammation management, tissue quality and range of motion of the, of the injured arm. And then again, I recommend getting into the pool. Um, not only can you really hammer the uh, good arm with the continuous fluid drag resistance and the anti-inflammatory compression that the pool provides with, with water bells um, that I recommend from Hydro Revolution, but you can also um, begin with just without the water weight, just either a fist or a palm going through in the case, let's say you injured your elbow, you can go through flexion extension of the elbow in the water at very slow controlled paces uh, for uh, high reps or extended periods of time, even three to five plus minutes to start building up that range of motion and strength back while, while having that, you know, the support and the compression of the water. Uh, in the case of the shoulder, you can start working on a variety of uh, straight arm, uh, you know, fly, chest fly, reverse fly, sh- uh, shoulder raise series, um, you can work on treading water, um, whether it be with a flotation device or a pool noodle around the hips if you want to just isolate the upper body or, uh, or you know, do full treading with legs and arms, which is super taxing, especially if you're a big, strong uh, guy like, like me. I, 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 I sink in the water. So the water actually is uh, – I have the hardest time in the water, which means there's big growth, growth opportunities for me in the water which is great because I'm 41 now and it not only allows me to safely kind of push myself, but it helps with my overall recovery. But you can also do any single arm dumbbell band or cable drills, things like presses, rows, pull downs, flies, uh, single arm carries, 
right? And that's the same, same thing too. Uh, you know, one thing that's really dangerous with an arm injury is you lose your grip strength. But um, the stronger your grip on one side, the bigger the capacity for the, the grip to build and, and catch up on the other side, like we talked about. Um, and you can still train that. Uh, single arm body weight rolls. Maybe this is your, your opportunity to really, uh, you know, think single arm planks, push-ups, bridges, hangs. You know, you could pursue single arm push-ups and single arm hangs. Uh, if you're looking at for the push-up piece, uh, check out the Ultimate Push-Up Guide, one of my latest books on Amazon, uh, either as a ebook or paperback, or check out my top 66 push-up variations video on YouTube. Um, that's a great starting point there. And I've got, by the way, I'm going to be doing um, next year. The focus is really going to shift more to, um, you know, instead of like follow-along style workouts because we just we've added so much of that and we'll continue to for the rest of the year. Uh, more about uh, like 28 day challenges with themes. Uh, I'm going to be having a, like, for, for example, a, my daily hang or hang every day program will be coming. Um, and then you can, you can still do other like full length, full body workouts and stuff in conjunction with these types of challenges. I just feel like that's what the site is missing right now, which is more themes, uh, more uh, short term challenges that you can kind of move from, from one to the other. And also uh, for those that don't want to become subscribers of the daily BJ app, um, these will be things you can purchase one time, uh, for a lower cost as well. Not like a big, you know, the big cost of a 90 plus day or one year transformation program, which I'll still make available, but, um, you know, just ways to get people involved, um, rucking or weighted walk challenges, stuff like that. Guns and poses, which is, uh, an arms program that I'll be building as well. But anyway, stay tuned for that. Uh, shadow boxing or heavy bag work with the uninjured arm. You know, um, let's say that you're uh, a righty or orthodox stance and your strong arm is your right arm. Well, now you have the opportunity to, to do jabs and hooks with your weak left arm. And, and by the way, that's the most important punch anyway. And you can also go to a southpaw stance and work it and turn it into your power arm. One thing we do in our boxing training is you end up having knockout power in both sides from all punches because... We don't do what most people do, which is they only work in, in their strong stance. And uh, they, they not only are unable to move into the other stance, whether it be going from southpaw to orthodox or vice versa, but they always have limited potential or only one arm that really is of danger uh, in a fight. So um, you know that's one thing to consider as well. And then again, you can do all lower body training that doesn't require the use of your injured arm. So you know what I'd recommend is just doing more weight vest training, right? You know, can you weighted, uh, weight vest squats, lunges, step ups, you know, for time, uh, that's going to also be incredible for your conditioning. If you can't like run, um, you put on a weight vest and uh, continuous 10 to 20 minute blocks of step ups, lunges, you can mix variations or even, uh, weighted squats, mix and match all those drills. You know, that's going to be great. And it's not going to put any load through the, uh, the injured limb. So, uh, this is a, it's not, it's not a short episode, but this is really, I just wanted to get this out quick. Uh, it was inspired and dedicated to Ian Palin, um, and wish, wish him luck through the ether, uh, in his knee rehabilitation. Uh, he's, you know, there's good days and bad days with all this stuff, but you know, a lot of it is just, um, you know, you're going to have the initial, uh, depression, darkness, self-pity, but you got to get out of it and you got to stay positive and you got to stay, you got to get focused and on task. And uh, stuff like this can help.
And this really is a unique opportunity to strengthen weaknesses, learn more about your body, and, and also take yourself um, to a level of, of resilience where you're, you're not only, you don't flinch from a challenge, it's almost like, you know, fuck it, let's go. I'll, I'm looking forward to it. And um, if anything, this gives you an opportunity to bring that joint, make it, make it stronger than ever. Uh, but in the meantime, you focus on getting the uninjured area as strong as possible. And, uh, and that way your rehabilitation will be shorter and more effective. Now, look, I have spent some time with you right now, and this is pretty transformative content, okay? <laughs> From one of the best in the business, I hate to tell you. So if you could take a second of your time and give a five-star rating, so appreciated. If you can give me 30 seconds of your time and say BJ Podcast good in a review, that'll help me get this information out to more good people like you. Um, so it's appreciated. I hate I hate having to ask because I like to focus on what I can control. I can't control your support or your actions, but I guess I have to ask. I wish I didn't have to, but that's how this works. So I uh, hope this helps. You know, also like share this with someone who is dealing with something similarly because this will help. I, I might end up making... Um, a video for this at some point, but I could quickly get out the podcast about it. And I already have so much information on, uh, for free all over the, uh, the, the internet and the socials. Um, YouTube is probably the best place to go because you can search and the content doesn't just die like it does at the other places after a day. Uh, but obviously within the TDBJ app, free seven day trial, best fitness app in the game, hundreds of, actually we just reached past the thousand video threshold within there, but I've been adding hundreds of workouts, hotel room workouts, um, obviously tons of at-home workouts. A lot of them are follow-along from start to finish. Some are a mix of instructional and follow-along. Some are just instructionals. You can kind of just go and do your own thing. Um, but, you know, body weight, band, kettlebell, TRX, um, strength focus, performance focus stuff, you name it, free seven-day trial. Definitely take advantage of that. And um, all my gear Apparel is at sleevesoldseparately.com. And uh, the final show sponsor is Athletic Greens, now called AG1, my daily nutritional supplement and greens powder, 8 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, 75 whole food ingredients, probiotics for digestive health, the best tasting greens powder and daily nutritional supplement that I've used. And I take it every morning with water before I uh, get into my coffee and start my day. Um, I recommend you do so as well. And going through my link will give you five free travel packs plus a one-year su- supply of vitamin D. Very important if you live in a cold northern climate, especially coming up now fall, winter, where you're not getting as much sun. Vitamin D is very important for overall health, fat loss, um, etc. So check it out. I'll be back with more uh, whenever I am. Peace.